Hi, everybody. Tony Marcolini. I'm joined by my co-host, Seamus McDonough. And today we have a very special guest, uh, comedian Fred Rabino. So, Fred, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. My mother always said I was special, too. So that's the second. <laughs> that's the You're second. special, Fred. You're special. Yes. I, even, I went to school on a special bus. I mean, I'm just special, special. <laughs> So let's, speaking of your mom, then let's talk about your origins. You're from Brooklyn. I uh, was born in Lower Manhattan, oh, a place okay. called Alphabet City. It's uh, on the lower end of Manhattan, and it was where a lot of Italians immigrated from. And then um, when I was very young, they moved to Brooklyn. It was like the country. We're moving to Brooklyn. Wow. <laughs> where in Brooklyn? Where? The Bensonhurst section of Brooklyn. Know it well. <laughs> it used to be the highest concentration of Italians outside of Italy. I know that too. <laughs> you see that? I started off in Bensonhurst as well. And, and uh, we were next door to um, uh, Bay Ridge? Borough Park, yes. which was the highest concentration of Jews outside of Israel. Wow. And then Bay Ridge was the highest concert. Um, a lot of bars. Jameis <laughs> knows there were a lot of bars in Bay Ridge. Bar Ridge. We call it Bar Ridge. Bar Ridge is right. <laughs> well, so were you funny from then, from young? I mean, was it just an innate in you? Yes, yes. I was the class clown. I was always, I was always, I was always on the small side. So that was used to defuse. People from, you know, getting on me and stuff. So if they thought I was funny and if they thought, you know, I was harmless, I diffused, <laughs> I, I, I escaped a lot of punches in the face like that. When did you start thinking, I could do this professionally? Oh, um, actually, I was a construction worker for like 37, 38 years in New York. And I was always funny, but... I never did comedy. And my son wanted to go see Jerry Seinfeld being just interviewed at John Jay College. It wasn't a comedy show. And he was just, and we sat there and he said, if you think you're funny and you want to give it a shot, go home, write some jokes and try and do it. And that was like 15 years ago. And I did it. My son was like, you can't do it. You can't fix the lawnmower. You can't paint. But I did it. And now I'm headlining uh, a lot of places all over the East Coast. Wow. Congratulations. This is amazing. So tell me about Love your that. first time. The first time you stood, I assume you went to some like open mic. Yes. Well, the open, how you do that is, you write maybe five minutes worth of stuff. Mm. And then there's a thing, I know it's all over the place, but in New York, they're called open mics. And a lot of times you pay $5 or you agree to buy two beers, which for me, it wasn't a problem, the two beers. You know? <laughs> Usually they had to stop me. All right, all right. <laughs> Only two. Yeah. <laughs> So what they what you do is you go up there and you're only in front of the other open micers. There's no so there's only like 10 people there. So you mm. go up there and you just see if you're comfortable on stage and you can get it out. And no one's looking at you. Everyone's looking down. If they like the joke, they're stealing it. And it's 
It's soul crushing. I don't know how I got past that point. <laughs> Was that uh, your first experience, though? The very first time you were on stage? Yeah. M many comics. That's how you start. Because you don't even... And I remember... I. I mean, I was maybe 45 years old mm. and I'm sitting there, there's all 19 year old kids and uh, 21 year old. And they're like, Who, what is this? Is he, is he the manager? Is he, you know? <laughs> and I was just sweating. My heart was pounding. Oh. I was like, I, I can't, I can't get up there. And the guy who was emceeing, he was uh, maybe in his late thirties. He came up to me and he goes, Hey, dude, relax. No one's here. This is just to see if you could get up there. He goes, just go up there, say what you got to say. You're not going to be discovered. You're not going to blow another chance. There's an open mic next week. And I <laughs> calmed down a little. I got up there. And then I was, I started to write better jokes. And, you know, your five minutes became 10 minutes. And then your 10 minutes became 20 minutes. But then from there, they have a thing called a bringer show. So after two years of doing open mics, there's a thing called a bringer show where it's a regular show, 10 comics. There might be 40 or 50 people because everybody brings four people. That's how you get on stage. Oh, I see. Like, uh, there's an audience for you. Because right. everybody has to bring four people. You don't get paid. God forbid they pay you. So, and uh, it, there's 40 people in the crowd and that's the first time you get to perform in front of people. B-Y-O-A, bring your own audience. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, 10, 15 comics, sometimes you get on the list, you're the 12th comic and you're like, oh my God, I got to go to work <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> 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 Tell us about the very first time you were on stage um, in a, you know, in a setting where it wasn't like you were being paid as a professional comedian. Where was it and what was it like? Uh, the first time I got paid, uh, I believe what happened was after the open mics, a couple of years of that and a couple of years of bringer shows, I worked construction. So if I was on a job, I would be on a job four months here, three months here. I had no problem getting four people. I'd get 10, 15 people. Hey, let's go see Freddie. He's <laughs> playing. And they would come. And then, you know, I did that for a few years. And then I would tell them, I go, listen, when am I going to get a shot at just being on a regular show where I don't have to bring? But they don't want to give up you bringing people. So yeah. they never tell you you're ready. <laughs> but I was making a lot of people laugh. So I, I, I said to myself, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm just going to do like two or three shows a year. And I'm just going to rent out the bar. Mm. And I'm just going to sell tickets. And, and that was the first time that 100 people came. Wow. And we made hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And that was the first time I really got paid. And I was like, this is fantastic. But I was only doing it like two or three times a year. And then I started getting little gigs here and there and more and more. And, and then it just, mm. I was in demand. And then Facebook took off. Mm. And people started being fans of mine on Facebook and showing up at my shows. Mm. 
Sure. Well, you started, I, I want to say, with um, um, Vic Benedetto and Tommy Gooch. You were doing uh, vignettes, right? Yes. What What happened was, yeah, Vic <laughs> was doing those vignettes. And then when I got with him, I'm a writer. You know what I mean? Like, I'm always writing, even if I don't use it. I'm mm. always writing jokes. If I see something, I write down the premise. I go home, mm. I try and write. You know, 90% of them are terrible. But the 10% I keep. So I used to write all of those videos. In every video for those two years that I was with them, I wrote every single one of them. Mm. And that's how I started saying, why am I doing this for them? Mm. Why don't I just do it on my own channel and mm. headline and do my own thing? And that's what I did. And, and mm. a lot of bad feelings when I left and wouldn't write their videos anymore. Oh, yeah. I know Tommy. I worked with Tommy on a show. A ser yes. series. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I first met Tommy when I was doing those bar shows. And uh, he's been, he was a, a comic for like 15 years before that. And uh, he wasn't getting any work. And I was like, come on. I said, everything I get, I'll put you on my show. And that's what I did. I'm always the, I'm always the helping guy. I'm the, I never learn. <laughs> mm. <laughs> wow talk to us about the creative process i mean uh, certainly to, to write and we're fascinated by creators here creators of all kind because i think you know writers even actors you know you get you get a character on paper uh but you have to bring that person to life and i think creativity takes all different forms and certainly comedians are creative. You're you're writing that material from scratch. What does that process look like for you? I mean, do you, how do you how do you get your inspiration? How do you begin writing? I just think either you're funny or you're not funny. I see all these people say, "We have a class. We're going to teach you how to be a comedian." <laughs> and I'm like, "How? How do you how do you yeah. put how do you look at a tree and say I could write a funny joke about that tree? <laughs> Unless you could do that." Or you can't. I can't teach you to mm. make that tree funny. Mm. You have to be like born with it. And and I would say a, a lot of comics who write are always going to be funny. But there's a lot of comics that you see and you're like, this guy hasn't changed his set in 35 years. <laughs> you're yeah. not creative. And so the creative process always has to be it always has to be good. Even if you're not using the material, you always have to be. And I and I and when you see those comics, you you click with them right away because you see that wow, they could just talk about anything and make it funny. And those are the ones I really respect the most. The ones, the ones that it's the same set for 40 years. I'm like, you know what? You're just not, you're just yeah. not an artist. Yeah. Even I need to change my routine once in a while. There you go. <laughs> from, scotch, from scotch to whiskey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. How long does the, do the jokes last? Does it, does it, when do you find when these people stop laughing or you just know? How, does, how do you tell? Well, that's a timing thing. And you see, like, you ever hear, like, people say, oh, the person stole a joke and people yeah. get, like, really mad? Yeah. And I could tell you why, because there's a lot of comics that don't write. They just steal other people's jokes. So yeah. if they take two jokes from each person. Next thing you know, they have 40 minutes of stuff. But the process is like, I'll have, 
I, I wrote a joke about chicken. Okay, how chicken has changed. It was $4 for four thighs. Now it's $13. They're free range. They're living it up. You know, they're, <laughs> you know, they're, they're living beyond their means, these chickens. <laughs> but the joke was three minutes long. Oh. And I noticed that it took a little too long to get <laughs> to that point. And after like four months, it became a one minute joke. Wow. And that, but it was, so, you know, when, and I, and that's what you learn also later is when they're laughing, let them laugh. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, at the point that you started working bigger venues, um, obviously, you know, you were touring because you're not just, you know, in, in the immediate area, you know, I see that you're performing all over. What's touring like? I mean, that must be really hard on you and your family. Well, actually, after COVID and everything, I made a decision. I used to I used to book things like, okay, if I'm going to New York on a Saturday, I want to get a Thursday and a Friday show so I could fly in, do three shows, make it really worth my while. But you know what? Now I just say to myself, I'm just going in the same day. The next morning, I fly home. It I don't want it to be a burden on mm. my family. So I still get to do it. I I, li I actually limit myself. I could I could perform every weekend, but I don't. I want to do one or two shows a month, and that's it. Mm. And are you? I, I think we we spoke briefly before the podcast, and I know you're moving into writing even more extensively. Not just your stand up material, but you're moving towards, you know, maybe script writing uh, or some. You know, you're, you're leaning towards uh, <laughs> using your talents more even than, than what you've been. Is that, that's correct, right? Right, because like I said, every true comic is a writer. Mm -hmm. We're always writing. You see like, you, you talk, Jerry Seinfeld, he has a trunk full of jokes that he's, you know, maybe used once, but it's always going. So during COVID, there was nothing to do. There was, mm -hmm. there was no tour, there was nothing. There was no shows. So I, I had a great idea for a script and I wrote a movie script and mm. I'm trying to, you know, pass it around to see if any things, but even if, you know, never, if it never sells, I have it. I did it. Mm. Same thing yeah. with like, a, I'm writing um, like a reality show or um, a sitcom. 99% it's not going to go anywhere, but I, you can't sit still. Once you have that in you, that you're a writer and you get these ideas, you, you have to get it out. You have to create for sure. Yeah. So now, is this something that you can be at the Dunkin' Donuts and you while you're waiting for your coffee, you just something strikes you funny, observational, and like you put it in your phone and you, you memorialize it right then and there? Is that the kind of thing that happens? Yeah, what I do is I go right to, the phone is such a great tool now. Oh, So yeah. I just go, hey, you know, hey Siri, um, you know, the squirrel has three nuts, you know, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking like, oh yes, I could. And then I go home and I read, I go, what, what is this? What? Who cares if the squirrels got through? Like I'll have all these premises and I'm like, this, this, but at the time it, it worked. But yes, I, I always, if you see something, you know, you do, I do a lot of skits 
like you've seen those skits with Vic that I wrote and stuff. So now I do the skits for my own. And a lot of those things that you just said become the skits on Facebook. And maybe 10% of those skits make it to my stand-up. I've never, I've never done stand-up, but I've, I've been refining my uh, rep repertoire of jokes for years. Oh, no. I tell them better. <laughs> no, no. Parties. <laughs> no, no. Do not get him started. I assure <laughs> you. You will. But I have to tell you, uh, you will Fred. You regret that. You know, Fred, that according to Thoreau and Emerson, guess what they said is the number one measure of success in life? Um, laughter. To laugh often. There you go. It's amazing. It's healing. It it's just shows that that you're not resentful. That you're 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 you're, you're loving life. Right. And you know seconds. what it is? It's such an honest thing. It's a you can't control your body when you laugh. Yes. It's like the most honest you could be in front of a person. Wow. You think to them, I have no control right now. Yes, yes. This is who I am, and I'm just <laughs> laughing. And if I do it Love with it. my teeth coming out, or if I do it with spit, it's who I am now. <laughs> love it, love it. <laughs> so that's a pretty honest emotion, laughing. Totally, totally. And the purpose of all art really is to make us emote. What is that? What, what the, the, pur the, the purpose of art, according to the Greeks anyway, is to have us, to, is, is to have us emote. Yes, yeah. absolutely. All art. All art, yeah. Agreed. Painting, I mean, uh, theater. Even if, you, even if you don't like it, even if it, like, like you brought up acting, if you yeah. see someone acting or doing something, you say, I did like a strong emotion against it. A yeah. lot of times that's what the actor was going for. Yeah. Yeah. Some people act like they care, you know. <laughs> Have you been talking to my wife again? You talking to me? <laughs> he acts like he cares. <laughs> well, talk, now talk to us about get the food out of here, um, which is, you know, for anyone who hasn't watched it yet, which I'm sure most everybody has watched it or heard of it. It's like a little mini food show you've started. Yeah, I started uh, cooking. Cooking. I'm show. always looking to be on social media because it just keeps you current and it keeps people aware that you're coming to Miami, you're coming to Utica, you're coming. So they know, you know. But really, what, what touched me was there are a lot of people, like I, I do classic Italian dishes that take 15 minutes on average. And I was shocked to see so many people were like second generation who don't know how to make like the simplest things. And that's, that's a large part of Italian American culture is the food, any culture, right? That's their culture, the food. Yeah. And so I started to work with my wife to start doing these basic recipes. That'll be very easy. If it's hard, we don't do it. If it's a basic recipe made easy, she makes, you know, she cuts down a few steps to make sure it's just, and anyone could do it. And I, the feedback that I get that people say, oh my God, I haven't eaten that since my grandmother passed away. Or my mother made that when I was young. I, I, I haven't even thought of that, but the, I love that reaction. <laughs> because love these uh, dishes, whatever, whatever, whatever you're from, whatever ethnic group, a lot of times a, a dish brings you back in time. It's like a time yep. machine. Mm. 
Where did you learn to cook? Um, my grandmother taught me a little bit, <clears throat> watching my wife cook a lot of times. And a lot of times, uh, I don't even know how to make the dish. My wife has to show me how to do it. <laughs> ah, and that's... I, 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 boil a pot of, I boil a pot of water, I burn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she, she guides me through the whole process a lot of times. So that's like a behind the scenes secret. <laughs> oh, they all know it. Well, you know, I'll go, I was in Chicago not too long ago and I'm up there and I, I was, I did like an hour and 15 minutes, which I never, I never do, but I was having such a good time. And I was, I was up there for like an hour and someone yelled out, where's Christine? I, said, I just did an hour of original material. It took me four years to write. And all you can say is, where's Christine? Where's Christine? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how the best we got. We got to eat. We got to eat. <laughs> yes. And the best relationships, right, are built on when someone can accentuate your positive qualities. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. She threatens me with a knife right before the show. Half the time. <laughs> but still, accentuate your positive qualities. <laughs> yes, my, my my quality to follow orders or get stabbed. <laughs> So now you you're doing some videos still, you know, uh, some skits that you still do on Facebook. Um, like you said, I guess the trying to keep it fresh for when you're traveling, especially to other areas. Um, so is that something you are doing more spontaneous or are you writing them beforehand? How much preparation goes into that? Uh, well, I'll, I'll get a premise and I'll say, can I make this a one minute funny video? And then I'll tinker with it. And then if I can, then I'll, I'll film it and, and do it. You know, just like, I, like you said, anything that pops up, if you think you can make it funny or relevant, you know, and in my character, then, then it's a go. Do you try it out on your wife first? Is she your first audience? She hasn't liked one joke I've ever written <laughs> in my life. <laughs> so she doesn't understand it. She's like, I don't understand what all the laughter's about. No, she's mean. She goes, it's stupid. It's stupid, that joke. Why would you say it? I don't, I, it's embarrassing. Don't even do it while I'm there. <laughs> like that chicken joke. The chicken joke, she was so against it. And I was, I did it at the Borgata in Atlantic City. And I got it. I said, it got such a great reaction. She goes, it's terrible, that joke. Stop doing it. <laughs> and then after she came, she came to Boston and I did two shows and it was very, everybody loved it. She goes, all right, do the joke. Uh, what do I do? <laughs> so, so she, but she's then your first, I mean, you try it out on her, even though she tells you it's not funny and then you can just kind of plow on with it anyway. Is that <laughs> right? Right. I know there's always that hope that one day, She'll like a joke I wrote. There's always that hope I hold out. There's nothing better than making people laugh. It feels so good, doesn't it? It does. It really does. It's uh, like I said, it's an honest thing. It's an honest emotion, and um, it's uh, I don't know. It's it, like you said. It's like a healing thing. Yeah. Like anybody yeah. could get together. You could get together with someone who politically your opposite socially your opposite, religion, anything. Mm. 
and you could share a joke and all of a sudden you're both connected that you're uncontrolled of your bodies and you're laughing at the same exact thing. And nothing is uniting more than that. Totally. Wow. Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. I mean, I think that um, oftentimes you can come from completely different backgrounds and cultures, like you said, and there's something a very bonding about finding a little piece of common ground because in the end, I guess we all kind of want the same thing. Mm, uh, I mean, you know, we all want, you know, health for our families and uh, everyone to be, you know, okay. We all want to enjoy the time while we're here. Um, but this, the finding a little piece of common ground that you can make somebody from a totally different culture laugh. Uh, and I think I agree with you. You're just bonded forever by that little bit of humor. Right, right. I, I mean, that's one of the greatest things when you do that. And like I said, and it does, I, I don't like when people, they'll go to a comedy club and they'll be judgmental. Mm. You know, it's like, okay, the person's doing humor about a topic you really don't care about. Mm. Okay. But you're going to a comedy club and that person is trying to make you laugh. He's mm. not coming at you personally. <laughs> He's telling the whole room, if you don't like the joke, just don't laugh. But people yeah. get will get crazy. They want you to do it about whatever topic they want, you know, yeah. represented. And, mm. and don't go to a comedy club mm. for social justice. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it's, not, it's not for that. Yeah. We all just want to feel good. Correct. Yeah. I've gone, I've gone to, to shows where the person who was up there was their uh, political, social, every part of their lifestyle was directly opposite of what I love and stand for. And I left. Who cares? He doesn't mean it personally against me. They're just trying to make you laugh. Yes. But some people don't get that. I, I don't understand that part of yeah. it. Same thing with actors. You'll see an actor and they go, I hate that guy. You've yeah. never met that guy. <laughs> that woman plays that role on TV. She's really not like that. You <laughs> don't. <laughs> wow. wow. So people will judge your art sometimes personally. Yeah. Now you have that Brooklyn, uh, you know, um, mentality and a lot of that New York audience. So tell me, there had to be a time that you were just walking on the street and somebody, you know, yelled something out the car window or you got in a cab and somebody, you know, commented about something that you did. Had to be. Oh, like if they were, uh, they saw one of my... Yeah, yeah. New Yorkers are famous for that. They'll go to the most famous person or whatever they're feeling comes right out of their mouth. Like I saw you last yeah. show. Wow, awful. <laughs> yeah, I, I get, I get, I'm never ready for it. Like I, I flew in from Florida to do a show upstate in uh, Villa Roma. It's one of those Italian resorts. And I was in Manhattan first. I went to go visit my daughter. And Manhattan, there's 8 million people. There's a whole <laughs> line of cars waiting for the red light. The window opens. Hey, Rubino! <laughs> and like something from one of my skits, you know? And I was like, eh. Like, it, it just, it blows me. On the train, people will come up to me sometimes. Hey, are you Fred Rubino? You know? So it, it blows me away when that happens. But 
you know, like I said, I get a call. Hey, could you come to Minnesota and do Minnesota? <laughs> I, I just got somebody who, who messaged me. They want me to go to Dublin. Ireland? Yeah. No, what do you think? No. Dublin, New Jersey? What the <laughs> hell? What's wrong with you? There's a Dublin in Cal there's a Dublin, California. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, in Dublin, Ireland. And I was like, wow. Let me see. Ten hour ride. <laughs> I have some friends who are comics over there. Oh yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna do it. It's too uh, small. <laughs> it's only it's, it's only about six hours actually. No, no, from Florida, it's always a stopover. It's a, oh the, yes, yes. The okay. least it is is ten hours. I was like, oh okay, wow. Unless it's a real lot of money, and then ten yeah. hours is fine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it never is. <laughs> no, ever, ever. <laughs> now, insane uh, curious because we brought up your wife, and she doesn't think your material's funny. But what interests me is in the beginning, oftentimes when people start to date and that initial attraction tr often comes from that sense of, you know, having a similar sense of humor or having those laughs together. So did you make her laugh in the beginning when you, when you first started dating? Absolutely. She used to tell me when she was on the phone, she'd go, oh, I could tell uh, you're talking to Freddie. You're laughing all the time. Mm. So. So you wow. just pour out your welcome, Fred. <laughs> yeah, I just, that's it. I just, now she looks at it and she goes, that doesn't make sense what you said. No, I said, no, it's a joke. It do, of course it doesn't make sense. <laughs> of course the chicken is not living well beyond his means. We all know that. I said, chickens are not living wow. like that. She's wow. Like, but that's why it doesn't make, she analyzes it. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. Then we'll go to a comedy uh, uh, place. Or somebody will be playing locally and we'll go. And she'll be laughing and laughing. I'll go, what, what happened here? Yeah. <laughs> she gets yeah, jokes. Else. She laughs yeah. at the <laughs> They're new. You, you know, you, you, I told you, you wore out your welcome. <laughs> Just an old joke. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you have any mentors? Yes. I, uh, like I said, I was in the clubs doing um, bringer shows. And the bringer show would always have a real comedian mm. that ends the show. Mm. So, you know, people sat through 10 comics doing 10 minutes each who were just starting out, 80% horrible, you know? And then, the but, you know, you stay because the headliner was like a real funny person. And there mm. was this one headliner that I always used to be on their show. And uh, it was uh, Jessica Kearson. She's a New York City uh, comic. Right. And um, she, um, she recently was uh, working with De Niro on a movie and, and stuff like that. But people would leave. Like they would do their set and they would leave. And I would say, but we don't know how to be comedians yet. Don't you want to see? Don't you want to? It's called like schooling. You know, yeah. don't you want to see how? Yeah. And, and I would watch it. I must have seen her 10 or 15 times. And I just saw how she would, the punchline, and then another punchline. Like maybe three jokes, two or three jokes on the same joke. Like mm. it would be like a real hit, like boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, that's how you do it. Yeah. That's how you do it. And it sunk in. And that's really where I learned how to write a joke from that woman, Jessica Kearson. Fantastic. Mm. 
mentors and every uh, uh, successful athletes, comedian, actors, they always have a mentor, someone that's so close to them, knows all about them. And uh, it's invaluable, invaluable. Well, comics don't really have that because they're like solitary. They, they do their stuff. They write their stuff. They're very protective because people steal your stuff all the time. I mean, I, I'll write it. I'll write something and um, I do a skit about it just quick. And then all of a sudden I'll see somebody six, seven months later uh, on there doing on stage my joke that I didn't even do on stage yet. It was just on Facebook. And I'm and we're, it's word for word. So we're very protective of that. But I would watch her. I would really watch her and see what was so special about her. And and that's that's really was my my biggest uh, influence and like mentorship, if you could call it that, of uh, writing a joke. Mm -hmm. Well, so now are you back to touring again? Well, I wouldn't call it touring, but yes, now I'm doing like one or two a month of either in Florida or New York, New Jersey. But like I said, I, I've cut it down. Like a lot of people saying, hey, you're coming up anyway. Do you want to come? No, I'm going right home. Mm. <laughs> I'm going. You know, my <laughs> wife, I don't want to leave her alone for two or three days and stuff. And mm. then so, and she doesn't want to be dragged to these places. You know, some mm. of them are small clubs. Some of them are private shows, you know, so. Mm. But the big ones with the big hotel and stuff, she, she, she's like, yeah, let's go. Vegas, Vegas. Yeah, Fountain Blue Hotel. Yeah, let's go, Miami. <laughs> oh, Bogota, Atlantic City. Oh, I think I can make that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, now, do you ever put your family in your material? Because I think um, I, that would be a worry for me, right? I, if I had a comedian in my family, I'd be worried about hearing about me, <laughs> you know, my quirks or whatever in, in your material. Do you do that to your family? I I really don't. Um, very. If I do, it's like a vague reference just to like your kids, but I don't pin out my family and stuff. Uh, I'm from this school that it doesn't have to be true. Just make it funny. Like, I don't care if you grew up and it was poor and you, whatever you did, and you go on and on about it. And if it's not funny, I don't care. Yeah. You know, I just, just be funny up there. So a lot of stuff I just make up over traditional Italian things and mm. mold it into like, like I'll talk about my sister. I don't even have a sister. <laughs> I think you got to pull that out of the routine now. <laughs> but you yeah, know, that's, sister. <laughs> I, I've heard it before. I've even heard Jerry Seinfeld say it on TV, saying, "Everybody says it's got to be who you are. You got to talk about." He goes, "No, I don't care if that happened to you on the train. It doesn't have to be real life. It just has to be funny." Yeah. Mm. And that's that's the school of thought I go by. Mm. So what what creatively excites you these days? Um, I don't just uh, writing another joke. Like I always look at my set and I say, "My God, I've been doing that for a while now. When <clears throat> am I ever going to be able to write another joke?" And, and then by the time like that, uh, two weeks later, like, oh, I got it. I just wrote another mm. joke, and I don't even realize I I don't. 
I don't like to change my set greatly. Like I, I, I've done it sometimes. I have two bits that when people come, they want to see that bit. Mm. And like at one time I stopped doing it and people came, they, they were outside going, what the hell happened? <laughs> you didn't do the grandma thing. You didn't do the, <laughs> the, the candy. The, what? I brought all these people. I've been telling them for two months. <laughs> so there's certain things I do no matter what, but I don't even realize it sometimes. I'll take one joke and I'll add it and then added another one. And then people say, you know what? I haven't seen you in like nine months. And your first 20 minutes is new, but I don't even realize it because I only add one thing at a time. And mm -hmm. by the time you know it, all of a sudden I got half the thing is, but that excites me when I write a new joke and, and mm -hmm. I go on stage and it's, and it's pretty good. Oh, nothing better than that. Mm -hmm. Well, so where can people find out about uh, coming to see you or, you know, just any information about, you know, where you are appearing? Well, I have a website. It's fredrubino.com. And um, all my, uh, anytime I get a show, I put it on there. And 90% of the time, there's a link that you could just click on the link under the show and it'll bring you right to where you could buy tickets. Mm. And you have a Facebook channel uh, and a YouTube channel where you can see, um, I mean, pretty much all of his uh, work. I mean, you, you, you follow it along. I don't think you take anything down. So you have, you, you know, yeah. uh, years worth of material on there. Yes, yes. But sometimes that's good and sometimes that, but that's why I took all the get the food out of here <laughs> ones and I made a separate page for them. Right. So if you're just looking for the cooking, and you don't want my jackass jokes, and you just go for the cooking. <laughs> Seamus and I have to thank you. You're very funny. Yes. We yeah. appreciate you being here. Um, yeah. I encourage everybody to check him out, to check out the food yeah. show. Now you know his wife is really the mastermind behind the recipes. <laughs> so throw her some credit yes, <laughs> in yes. the comments. FredRabino.com. Yeah. Thank you so much. You guys are very good at what you do. I've been on some podcasts, but you made this a pleasure. Oh, thank you. Yes, you made this a pleasure. Take well, I know I did, but I'm still it's, saying it. <laughs> it takes one to know one. There you go. Uh oh, I've never had that said as a compliment. I was always. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll do the same for you someday oh thank you so much <laughs> thank you guys i appreciate you having me on well we thank appreciate you, we hope you'll come back as you're doing more things you know and the next project that comes up i hope you'll come back and talk to us about it okay and if you ever uh, interview someone who's looking for a script i'm an actor i can act in your script there you go there you go. Well, hey, if you got to have a, a place to, to sell the script. Let's go. Let's do Let's it. Let's do this. Let's do this. We'll <laughs> film it in Dublin. I can get a free show out of it, too. Like Brutus. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we're going to say goodbye from everyone here. <laughs> and it may interest you to know. Oh, no, you don't. I'm just getting started. <laughs>